This is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel we're doing it well enough. Parenting is a high stakes job, but I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. I'm here with my good friend, Dr. Maida Chen, who's a pediatric pulmonologist, a sleep expert, and a mom to three. We are here to review, hi Maida. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for being here. We are here to review tips and strategies for improving a parent's sleep. So we talk so stinking much about how to help your baby sleep, how to help your toddler sleep, how to get your teen to get off their devices. But we're just gonna review some tips on how parents and adults can get better, higher quality, and more consistent sleep. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm rolling out a carpet for you okay. and you can go. I think the main thing is to really just tell ourselves as adults that sleep is important. Even though a lot of us say that all the time, mm -hmm. we don't actually believe it and we don't actually practice it. But if I told you that you needed to take a medication every day at 9 p.m. in order to live longer, live healthier, be at a better ideal weight, and things like that, mm -hmm. you'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. And basically, especially if there wasn't a side effect. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that it was free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And basically, that's kind of what we need to adopt in terms of our attitude towards sleep is that we need to really look at it as a culture and say, you know what? It's 10 o'clock, it's 11 o'clock. It doesn't even really matter what actually time it is as long as it's consistent but to pick a consistent time and say this is something that I need to do on a daily basis okay so number one we just have to acknowledge that sleep matters and then we have to behave in what in how we believe exactly okay number I think two. number two really is screens screen time and just getting off electronics and really giving our brains the opportunity to turn them to, to turn off really mm -hmm. um, I think many of us feel like okay, even if we've gotten it down such that we need to be in, in bed by 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, but we're on our phones, we're checking our email, we're checking Facebook and things yeah, like well, that. Yeah, well, the biggest time, like when I, for parenting content, the biggest time at night is kind of 8 to 10 at night. If right. I put something up, people actually read it right. <laughs> when I put it up at night. Right. So it's like, huh. Yeah. And it's okay to read that stuff at nighttime because frankly, that's when most of us do have, have time. the time. Yeah. But it's not okay right as you're going to bed. You know, so, so what's the tip? So what's the strategy? Is it literally just keeping your cell phone in the kitchen instead of the bedroom? I think that's one strategy or certainly having the ability to say, I need to be electronic free, media free for 30 minutes at least, ideally before an hour, but before you sleep. Yeah. I also like the do not disturb function on my phone. Right. So nothing beeps or comes into me between, and I can set it, I set mine between 10 PM and 7 AM. And so nothing beeps. If I'm up or working, I can see it, but if I don't want it, it won't disturb me. Although I would say I think a lot of adults lack the willpower to be able to actually follow that because even though they're not being disturbed, they're still on their phones looking at things. Yeah. And so, you know, removing that temptation altogether. So I would say number three, at least as I understand the data, is really exercise. So movement, yes. outside in particular, but movement. Talk, talk a little bit about what an adult, uh, a busy working parent can do easily with some activity that would increase their sleep kind of quality. I think one of the main things is to get daily exercise. So those who exercise on a more regular basis, and I'm not talking about running a marathon, but even 20 to 30 minutes of just getting up and walking around is likely adequate. But to do that in the first half of the day, if at all possible. 
Um, Why the first half of the day? It really helps regulate the second half of the day much more. If you exercise too close to bedtime, for a lot of people, it's really quite activating. You sort of get those hormones going and you get activated. You get a little bit more pumped up. It's actually harder to fall asleep if it's too close to right as you're trying to Well, this is excellent. We just tell our employers we need to just run at 10 a.m. every day. It's perf. Okay, number four I'd say is light. Yes. So can talk about a little bit about how we could get more good light to help us and our bodies. Well, I think it's really combined with number three, which is just an outdoor walk every day, rain or shine. Even on a rainy day, we're going to get much more good, healthy light exposure than we will ever in an indoor office. So getting that sort of light exposure, again, particularly in the front half of the morning, in the front half of the day, is going to really help regulate that second half of the day and make it easier for us to fall into a deep quality sleep at nighttime. Okay, and lastly, number five, I'm going to call environment. So maybe sleep hygiene and the chemicals we use during the day and how that affects sleep. So I'm thinking like that coffee, that late latte, the little sports drink, and then what we do in our beds, right? right. And how that affects sleep. Can you Certainly. Help us? And beds are something really, from a sleep doctor's perspective, should be used primarily for sleep. I know that sounds funny, but people do all sorts of things. We won't talk about the bed. Reese's we, we're stuff. Not, yeah, we're, we're not, not going to talk about that. the adult content <laughs> stuff, but certainly reading in bed watching your phone in bed, watching TV in bed. Those are all things that our brain then associates with bed and Mm -hmm. not sleeping. So really reserve your bed for sleep. In adult activity. And, but t- and then what's the latest? I mean, some people don't respond to caffeine, right, in the way that it's activating, and some people do. But what's your advice about caffeine consumption and sleep? I think actually everybody responds to caffeine. Okay, okay. It's just whether or not they want to acknowledge it <laughs> or they recognize the But there are those people, symptoms. like my father-in-law, he literally can have a, like he can have a double latte at dinner or a cappuccino and then go to bed. He might be able to fall asleep, but I would venture to bet that his quality of sleep may not be as good as if he didn't have that latte. I will pass that information yeah. along. Um, really, caffeine is something that before noon is ideal. I think for most people, before 2 or 3 p.m. is the absolute latest before they'll have an effect on their sleep at nighttime. So six-hour window, um, six to eight-hour window would be ideal in that sense. Alcohol is the other big thing. Alcohol... Um, a drink with dinner is likely fine, but having that nightcap is probably something that's actually very disruptive. Alcohol may help you fall asleep, but it definitely decreases your quality of sleep throughout the nighttime hours. It's a total bummer, but it does align with all the other recommendations of like a glass of wine every couple days is a lot better than three all in one night. Yes. Okay, so here we're going to wrap it. What we're saying here is for a healthy family, a happy family, for to be our ideal parents <laughs> and to be kind of our a nice ideal selves, we need to acknowledge our own sleep. And our five tips are first off, acknowledging that sleep is not only important, but something that you'll prioritize, make changes for. Number two, you'll think carefully about how you interact with screens, how you use them and try to kind of get them out of your bed. You'll exercise every day for 20 to 30 minutes, ideally in the first half of the day. And that gives you a second benefit to number four, which is getting light. That good, even rainy day, natural light during the day helps you wind down in the nighttime. And then lastly, taking control of our environment when we can. Not having caffeinated beverages for six or so hours before we sleep. Not doing other things but sleep in our beds. And then thinking about moderating alcohol. If sleep's really important this week because you have something going on at work or you really want to be present for your children, Children, it's probably a time to kind of back it off. We can do this. Absolutely. <laughs> this can get better. Um, thanks for joining me, Maida. And um, the reality is parenting is a high stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing 
what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 